At RWJ Barnabas Health, we have a passion for heart health. With the largest adult and pediatric cardiac surgery programs in the state, a heart transplant program that's top 15 in the nation, a partnership with Rutgers Health, the latest technology and medical advancements, and nationally renowned care for every heart in every one of our communities. Whoever your heart beats for, our hearts beat for you. Let's be healthy together. Visit rwjbh.org heart. RWJ Barnabas Health, New Jersey's largest academic health care system and official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Let's be healthy together. Learn more at rwjbh.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official healthcare provider of the, the New Jersey Devils. I'm Chris Westcott, filling in for the irreplaceable Matt Lachlan here. And of course, we have Sam Kassan, the head writer for NewJerseyDevils.com, as our co host for today. Uh, we've got a pretty exciting guest here, Sam. I, I'm excited to talk with him. He's kind of come along as of late as one of the most impactful Devils uh, on this roster best defenseman for the devil so far but definitely the most consistent and durable defenseman the team so far literally from the start of training camp knew exactly what you were getting from this guy he's been absolutely solid he's been actually elaine nazardine called him quote-unquote predictable but predictable in a good way not in a bad way like you know where he's going to be you know where his outlets are he knows how to read the play and whichever pairing he's been on has been typically the team's best defensive whether it was P.K. Subban earlier in the year, they had really good chemistry. Then Damon Severson and him were probably arguably the best duo they've had all year and circumstances being what they are. He had to work with uh, Graves, Ryan Graves, for a little bit. So, But every time he's been the same steady player that they really needed, and, and it's a great testament to him and the work he did in the offseason. And when you look back to last season, uh, one thing that jumped out to me, because obviously they, he didn't play a lot with Washington, came over in the trade, trying admitted to us that he, he really struggled learning the system and whatnot. Obviously he had struggled a little bit trying to find his legs. And I remember late in the year, he got COVID and he battled his rear off just to play three games. And, and basically, you know, the team wasn't fighting for a playoff spot. There was nothing on the line. There was no need to just work that hard just to get into some games, but he wanted, he really desperately wanted to show what he can do battle through the COVID battle through all the practices just to get, up to par and just to play the two or three games at the end of the year. And that's what volumes to me. And he's kind of rolled that wave into this season. I think he's, he's been all the potential that the team envisioned him to be so far this year. Yeah. Going into this year, I remember you and I had talked with Tom Fitzgerald and Jonas's name came up as a guy like watch out for him. He didn't have the best year last year. He still getting adjusted to this area, but I have a lot of faith in him. I think we knew right from the start. And also Andreas Janssen was another name that Tom Fitzgerald was like, just wait, I have faith in this player. Uh, in your career covering hockey, which has spanned over a decade, you've seen players that that first year you get traded or you sign that big free agent contract. You got all these expectations on you to make an impact right away. But a lot of times it takes until that next season for them to make the impact, right? Yeah, I mean, I can, I mean, I can even name... Justin Schultz, a player you're obviously very familiar with. I remember when the Penguins acquired Justin Schultz, the first couple months he was there, he was on the third pairing. He wasn't playing a lot of minutes. It was maybe like 14, 15 minutes. They would kind of work him in, give him some some play here and there. I mean, it's a couple of times he was benched uh, for various reasons. And 
the next season he came back and he was like a completely different player, a completely different defenseman, was one of their better players, more consistent. And then the next thing you know, his minutes started ticking up to 20, 21, 22, uh, an injury to a Chris Letang and he's getting 25. And, you know, and I look back to that first two months after they acquired him at the trade deadline and he just didn't have it. It took him that long to kind of figure things out, find his game. And I think there's something to be said about that off season coming into training camp, being with your teammates from day one, being a part of the room, learning other players' tendencies. Because as Jonas said, you know, it took him a while for him and PK to kind of figure things out on how they want to play together. And then with Damon Severson, the two of them just click right away. So sometimes you click right away and sometimes you got to work through that process. And so, and Chris, I know you've seen it too, where players on that first acquisition, you know, these fans expect them to hit the ground running and be the player they were maybe with a previous team or to find that extra gear with a new team. But doesn't always work out that way, but if you are patient with it, let them find their legs, let them find their rhythm, let them find their game. They can reach that level. And I think Jonas Siegenthaler has been just that. And as you mentioned, Tom Fitzgerald, not only did he say look out, but he said this guy could be a top four defenseman. And, and I remember, I'm sure a couple of fans kind of scoffed at that, but look at him now. He's a top four defenseman. I would not want him. I wouldn't put him in the bottom six. Now the way he's played all year, I would love to have him in that top four role and, be that steady defensive side of the presence. And then whether it's a Severson or whoever they end up playing him with, even maybe Dougie Hamilton down the road, I think he can really provide some stability, whichever pairing partner he ends up with. Stability, durability, availability, all great traits for Jonas Siegenthaler to have. And he is available to speak with us right now. Let's listen in. Jonas, thanks for joining us here on Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I want to start things off with you and how you're feeling, because honestly, Jonas, you've been the talk of the town uh, in Devils media and and fans. The season that you've had, uh, uh, the dividends that are being paid here, how are you feeling here in your second season with the Devils? You actually are able to get your feet underneath you because last year was was crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel good. Uh, you know, it's a great, great team, great city. Uh, you know, I feel like home here and, uh, yeah, like I feel comfortable, uh, with my game right now as well. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be happier. For you personally, did you always know that that was coming? You just needed a chance to settle in, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, last year when I came here, uh, it was kind of like, you know, it wasn't, the real me, I would say, you know, I, I didn't play the whole season or I barely played in wash last season and uh, came here uh, to Jersey and uh, played like eight games or more. I don't know. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was just a tough season overall. And, uh, you know, I was excited to start this season, uh, start from zero, uh, you know, where I, I was working on my game in the summer and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I started, you know, at zero, and uh, I think I I did pretty good so far. Picking up on that, what did your summer look like? I mean, were you training? Were you doing better? And how beneficial was it to have that summer and to come in with the team from the start, full bore, where you're ready, prepped, and ready to go, as opposed to being tossed in after not playing a lot and having to get you know new systems, new teammates, all that stuff, where this time you kind of had a fresh start? Yeah, I mean, my summer basically, you know, I I was working my stuff uh, with with my coach, and I think it it has a lot to do uh, mental as well. You know, like I mean, you know, the whole game is about uh, mental. If you're good or not, like if you break down or not, and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as you, as you said, like when I came this year, start of season, you know, I, I kind of knew the system, so it helped me a little bit. And because uh, I'm not going to lie, last year when I came here uh, and I got to learn the system, I was kind of lost and uh, it wasn't easy. But, uh, you know, like this year, uh, it was kind of good from the get-go and, uh, yeah. You mentioned being a good mental place. Is there things you can do to help maybe be a little more confident, be a little more mentally attuned? Like, I thought it was interesting that you worked on that over the summer. Yeah, like, I think it helped a lot for me that I, you know, like, didn't take everything at, at that serious. You know, like, sometimes you just got to go out there and, you know, have fun. Like, you can't, uh, you can't just, you know, like start yeah like start getting too serious i think you gotta you know stay loose a little bit and uh, i think that's that was something that helped me a lot and uh yeah you know like when i when i go to a, to a game uh you know i just go there as it as it would be a practice and uh I, I, that, that helped me a lot actually when you think about you know mental preparation this season's got to be just as difficult in terms of this team where they are now start to get some traction and then you're missing a few players. You know, you show up to the rink, you think everything's okay. And then you go into protocol. Uh, what's this last stretch been like for the New Jersey devils? I, I know that it's got to be a little bit challenging, both physically because players are stepping up and playing different roles, but mentally as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's not fun to, you know, miss, miss some guys and, uh, yeah, like as you said, like the last couple of weeks have been crazy. Uh, you never knew like who's going to be the next one who's going to be out. So, uh, yeah, like it was, it is what it is, but you know, like it's, I, I think if we have like a full healthy team, like, uh, we're, we're a pretty good team and we're hard to beat. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but on the other hand, uh, the last couple of weeks, where we were missing a couple players. I think we uh, we played pretty good games. A couple guys uh, stepped up and, uh, you know, like we did a good job, but uh, we know we can be better though. What was the, the mood like in the locker room coming out of that break that this team really used as a chance to reset and then you rattle off those three wins? That, that had to have been more of a, okay, that's our game. That's who we can be. Uh, you know, what was that mood like? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun. You know, it's always fun to win, uh, you know, uh, especially three in a row. Uh, you know, like you, you, you can feel in the locker room, like guys are so much more, uh, you know, they're, they're coming to ring happy and uh, it's just like a different, different uh, mood in the locker room. And uh that's what you want, you know, and, uh, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, you got to start winning and, uh, as soon as you lose a little bit, you know, maybe I wouldn't say panic mode, but like, you know, maybe you overthink and then, uh, maybe it goes the other way. And I think you just gotta, we know, like if you play that, those, uh, our hockey, like we did in, uh, when we, when we won that three in a row, I think, you know, we're, we're really good team and, you know, like our team, I feel like we never really give up. Like we, we never quit. And, uh, 
sometimes you know we still lose but you know we never we never quit well chris just mentioned about sometimes you come to the rink and before you even hit the ice you find out two guys pop positive and you gotta make adjustments and such when you started the year you were working with pk suban and then as things developed you started working a lot with damon severson lately because of the obviously again the covid you're working with adam or sorry ryan graves as a defenseman how do you when you have all these different partners, do you have to adapt anything that you do to be able to play with all these guys or find a way that complements your game with their game? Or how does that kind of mesh itself out? Uh, yeah, like it took me a little bit with PK. Uh, I mean, the first couple of games, it took me or I had to find out, you know, where where he's going to be if I'm going there and there. And uh, if, if, I'm, if I have to puck in the corner where where he's going to support me. And, uh, yeah, like it took me a while to, you know, uh, find it out. Uh, but I think, uh, after a couple of games, uh, uh, we played pretty good together. Um, then I switched to, uh, with, uh, with savvy and, uh, I feel like with him, uh, it just clicked right away. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, it's, it just clicked and, uh, you know, I'm happy to play with him and, uh, yeah, it's just like sometimes you need a little more time or a couple more games to to find out. And uh, yeah, but with Savvy, it was pretty, pretty quick. And with you, I think when people talk about your game, they always think of more of that defensive defenseman, you know, more sound in your positioning, sound in your zone. But I mean, watching you, I, I've seen you pinch in a lot. You've gotten chances on rush plays. Uh, you, do you think your offensive abilities are a little bit maybe overshadowed or... or maybe just not talked about as much because I've seen you get a lot of great, incredible scoring chances, whether it was on a pinch or a wall play or something of that effect. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, um, if, if there's something, I, if I see I can create something, you know, I'm, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for it. Uh, but, uh, I would say sometimes I don't get the credit, uh, if I do, or if I have a good chance, you know, like, uh, maybe, maybe I don't, I got, I got to work on, uh, you know, like scoring goals. I don't know. Like maybe I got to get that, uh, yeah, score mentality. I don't know, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm happy. Like I, I can create chances and, uh, like I wouldn't say my offensive game is zero. So I think I can still create some, some offensive, uh, stuff. I mean, it might, it might just be coming down to scoring goals because I think you have four or five posts that you've hit. I mean, you've, you've been like this close. Yeah. Just haven't gotten through. Yeah, I know. But, uh, you know, eventually it's going to come. But, uh, you know, I'm not I, – I don't want to force it. You know, if it's there, it's there. And uh, I'll take whatever whatever comes. Uh, Jonas, you, you, you're a guy you've represented Switzerland. Um on multiple stages here. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Olympics and obviously with the NHL players not getting a chance to go, what are your overall thoughts on, on how that situation has played out? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad to see that we, we can take part, uh, be part of the uh, Olympics, but uh, I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, a couple factors and, uh, some are understandable, some aren't for me, but, uh, you know, like, I think we were all excited when it came out that the uh, NHL's player are finally going to Olympics and, uh, 
you know, like that's that's a dream. It's like some guys that are a little older uh, think that was their last chance to play at the Olympics, and uh, now it's yeah, now it's kind of gone. But uh, I mean, it it is what it is. But like, I think the situation could have been handled a little better. But uh, you know, I'm I'm just a hockey player here, and uh, yeah, like I yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's kind of out of your hands at, the, at this point, which is frustrating for a lot of players. Um, and I wanted to ask you about one of your your countrymen and your teammates and one of your closest friends, and that's Nico Heischer. Such a young captain in the National Hockey League, and he's really kind of starting, We've we're seeing it now publicly, growing into that role, that leadership role. You're hearing about little things here or there, whether it's who he has dinner with or inviting uh, Kyle Shapiro, the emergency goalie, to dinner, uh, you know, st- little things like that. Uh, what have you noticed about his leadership and how it's grown as he's really grown into that seat? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like, that's why he's captain. Uh, it's for a reason. And I think, you know, as a me, as, as his friend, uh, you know, I think there couldn't be a, a better leader on this team. I think he's such, uh, so humble and, you know, like he, I don't know if it has something to do because he's Swiss, uh, like we're, we're kind of that way, I would say, uh, you know, we, yeah, but I think, you know, he, he's, he's a leader on the ice, off the ice, like on the ice, he does those little things that maybe a lot of people don't see, but, you know, I think for me, that makes, that's what makes a leader. And, uh, off the ice, you know, he's such a friendly, nice guy. And he, yeah, as he said, like he invited the uh, Shapiro and, um, you know, that says it all. Like it's just like little stuff like that. I think that's that what makes him, uh, yeah, like that's Nico. And, uh, yeah, I think there couldn't be a better, better cap. What did he do for you when you were first acquired by the Devils? I know, obviously, I think you guys were living together and, opened his home and whatnot. Like, how did he help you transition to the Devils? Uh, yeah, like, when when the trade went through, uh, he called me right away, and uh, we set up everything. And, uh, yeah, it was it was for sure that I'm going to stay at his place for the rest of the season. And uh, I remember I arrived at the rink and uh, uh, put my equipment down, and uh, I drove home with him. And, uh, yeah, like, he... Told me a little bit about the city, about the team, and uh, yeah, like all I all I needed to know, and uh, yeah, that's what I did. And you've obviously been around him for many, many years. I wonder how you've seen him grow and mature, whether it be as a player or just as a person. How have you seen him evolve as a, as one of your closer friends? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like first time I I met him, I think. By that time, he was like 16. Uh, I was I was 18, and uh, we played at the under 18 World Juniors. And uh, you know, he was just like the the young guy. Uh, but you know, even then, he was such a he had such impact as a as a young guy on the team. You know, so I think he just had that. He always had that uh, leading or that. Yeah, uh, leading uh, ability and uh, 
yeah, I think now and now he's uh, here in the NHL and he's he's the captain and uh, yeah, I think it's you know it's all a process and I think the process went all in the right direction. You open off the top here when we first started talking to you about how much you like playing here and the organization and. I'm just, you know, it's been a tough year and a half or so, or how long you've been here to really get out and enjoy uh, New Jersey and do things. But I, I'm wondering, I'm curious, is there anything that you've liked to do around here? Uh, things that you've liked to see and, and maybe are there favorite food spots that you and Nico frequent? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I've seen some stuff, you know, uh, if I go for dinner, I, uh, I go to New York, uh, I mean, it's with the path, it's pretty, pretty quick. It's, it takes me like 10 minutes and, uh, even with, uh, with the ferry, it's like five minutes and, uh, yeah, like it's, you know, it's pretty close. And, uh, for me, it's like in Switzerland, we, we're used to take the train and, uh, like it's, you know, we're, for me, it's normal, you know, just to go in a train, drive like 10 minutes and the, you know, be in a city and, uh, I think it's so convenient to, uh, live in church city. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I really, I really like to live here. Did you know that before you came here? Because I know for me personally, I didn't realize how close we were to New York. I didn't realize all that Hoboken and Jersey city had to offer, but then coming here, you see it right away. I mean, did you know that as an opposing player? Uh, I, I kind of knew it, but I was, yeah, I didn't know it was that close. Uh, cause when we were on the road with Wash, we were always staying in Jersey City. And, uh, I mean, you kind of saw the sky, skyline of, uh, New York. But, uh, yeah, like now I live here. And, uh, when I first tried the path, and, you know, it was, I was, I was actually shocked that it was so quick. And, uh, but yeah, like I'm, I'm happy to have that right next to my uh, building. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty, pretty convenient. I don't know how long you stayed after last season and obviously you went down to the world championships and whatnot, but have you had a chance to get down to the Jersey shore and see what, uh, old New Jersey has to offer? Or is that something you've got to hit at a later date? Yeah, it's still on my list. I haven't done it yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I heard, I heard there's a lot of, you know, fun stuff to do and, uh, you know, maybe at some point I'm I'm gonna be able uh, to go down there or see other stuff from uh, New Jersey and uh, yeah, I mean uh, I'm I'm down for it. I'm excited and uh, like even even Hoboken is like a, I I feel like it's a nice spot. Like uh, they have they have good coffees and good brunch spots and uh, you know it's it's a small small uh, little area, but it's it's pretty pretty good. And you touched on uh, a little bit about being in Switzerland. How did you spend your summer? What did you do in Switzerland? Did you get a, get to travel anywhere or anything like that? Or how did you spend your summer away from the hockey stuff? Yeah, like, first of all, after a season, I, I take like about three weeks off, uh, you know, just to recover my body, uh, uh, get my mind a little, you know, get my mind ready again for for workouts, for, for practice. And, uh, I mean, in, in Europe, everything is so close around and, uh, you know, I went to Spain a couple of times. It's just like a, an hour 15 flight. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 
Um, yeah, it's you know sometimes you can go for a weekend, like from Friday to Sunday to some other countries, and um, that's what I'm actually doing uh, often. And uh, but other other than that, I was you know staying home, uh, practicing, working out, uh, seeing my family and friends. Uh, I went a lot uh, to the lake uh, in my hometown. Uh, couple times on the boat and uh yeah that's that's basically what i'm doing in the summer and do you know your next trip to thailand have you tried to work that out or have any idea or is that just too far down the road uh, i'm actually planning to go to thailand uh, next summer or the upcoming summer and uh but yeah like as of right now uh thailand is kind of strict with covid and uh but I hope by 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 the summer it's it's all open and good again. And uh, yeah, I hope I can go there in the summer. Uh, one last one, and then we'll let you get going. Uh, just curious as to what your goals are for the rest of this season here. A lot of games left to play um, for this team, starting to gain a little bit of momentum here. But do you have any personal goals for the rest of the year? Uh, personally, you know, I just want to keep doing what I do, uh, you know, play, play consistent, uh, yeah, just have an impact on, on every game. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to help, help my team to, uh, you know, win those games. Uh, and I think as a team, we, I think, you know, our goal is to push for, for a spot in the playoffs here, uh, a wild card spot. And, uh, yeah, I think we got to, you know, just push for it. And uh, I mean, there's enough games left and I think we we have a pretty good chance uh, if, if you're going to start winning. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it, it's looking pretty good in my mind and uh, we just got to go for it and uh, work hard. All right. Thanks a lot for taking the time to speak with us, uh, Jonas. Appreciate it and uh, good luck the rest of the way here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, Sam, I always enjoy getting a little bit of extra time with these players to really get to know the ins and outs of of both their on-ice mentality, but things they do off the ice. And I really liked what he had to say about Nico Heischer. I, I don't know if that was your favorite part of the podcast or not, but that was my favorite part of the interview where he was like, look, he was born for this. And I, I even liked that he was like, I don't know if it's because he's Swiss, but he has this leadership quality about him. I don't think there's any doubt in Jonas's mind that at some point in Nico's career, he would be wearing the C with regularity. Um, I like hearing that from him. And what jumps out to you too, is he first met Nico when Nico was 16 and he was 18. So he was an older player, a more veteran player. And in comes the 16 year old who's, you know, and, and you know, Nico, he's not the most rambunctious of characters. He's not, loquacious he's he's a quiet you know more quiet kind of guy just is leads by example but right away the leadership qualities were there and you could if you can see it in the 16 year old you know how it's going to project out and i even remember watching the uh the behind the scenes with uh tom fitzgerald and at the time ray shiro when they were talking about the draft heading into nico's draft they said this is a future captain and so they saw it at 18 jonas saw it at 16 so those traits, you, you get them at a young age and and you can tell who guys were born to be leaders and some aren't. Some some do grow into the role, 
But Nico is a guy that always is going to be that type of leader and talked about the little things that he does for players away from the rank because leadership is not just what you do on the ice. It's not scoring the big goal or being the rah-rah on the bench. I mean, it's a lot of the subtle little things, just being a good teammate in the locker room, helping guys out in their personal lives. If a guy is going through a tough spell personally, you're there to have his back. You're helping him through or inviting you know, the e-bug backup goaltender out to dinner with the guys and make everyone feel like they're part of the group, all those little things. And Jonas saw it from way back in the day with team Swiss. And obviously he, he was right. He said he knew that back then when he was 16 years old, that Nico was going to be a captain. And here we are. Yeah. And, and I, I'll throw this back on you, Sam. One of the other qualities I like about Jonas is his honesty. And a lot of times it's hard to talk about mental health and me- mental preparedness and, and, you know, athletes kind of scoff that off at sometimes, but with him, he said, look, last year was not me. This year is more me. And I, I like that honesty from him. Oh, for sure. And, it, and especially like, it's not even the honesty. I feel a lot of players don't want to make excuses. And I don't know if it's a, a macho thing or just a culture thing, but very rarely will players make an excuse. And, and, not, and I'm not saying Jonas made an excuse, but he was just honest and open with, Hey, I came to this team and I really struggled trying to figure out the system, you know, and, and a lot of other players wouldn't admit to that or own up to that or whatever. And he was just, Hey, this, this is what it is. I had trouble figuring out my positioning, my outlets, my breakouts, all these things. Like I, I couldn't quite get the system down and it was a struggle for me. And now this year I've got it down, which he attributes to, you know, playing better. And, he talked about, you know, the mental work and dealing with confidence over the summer. And, and he knew that that wasn't his game. That wasn't what he showed last year is the true him. So I, I'm glad he admitted that because, Chris, as you know, it's how, we really want to get the honest answers from these guys. And, and we know they're not making excuses. He didn't say, oh, I couldn't figure out the system, so it's not my fault. He said, no, I couldn't figure out the system. That's on me. I did a better job over the summer, and now I'm bearing the fruits of that labor. So uh, I just love the honesty and, and even the mental aspect. He said over that summer, working on building that confidence, being a better player and just trying to believe in himself and know what he can do. And, and it does pay dividends. And uh, I do think it was interesting that when I asked about the work he put in over the summer, the one thing he jumped to was the mental aspect. So it wasn't the skating, the exercise, blah, blah, blah. It was the mental aspect was more important almost, or just as important, I should say, as the physical aspect. And I thought that was really telling. Good player, good young player for the New Jersey Devils. Seems to have a good head on his shoulders. We appreciate Jonas Siegenthaler for giving him, giving us his time here on Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official healthcare provider of the New Jersey Devils for Sam Gaston, the head writer for NewJerseyDevils.com. And Matt Lachlan, who wasn't here today. Uh, I'm Chris Westcott. Thank you for listening uh, to this latest podcast episode.